Welcome to Consultation Room 24. I'm Dr. Kirk Lang, your host. Consultation Room 24 is brought to you by Crone Clinic, our family caring for yours. I'd like to reach out to Lonnie Semplot and Chris Hunt for their continued technical support and to the Crone Clinic board for their support of this podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Caitlin Cunningham. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So where'd you grow up? I grew up in Ashland uh, in the great state of Wisconsin, um, which is right on the shores of Lake Superior, gorgeous area, a little bit north from here. It is a beautiful place. I've actually been up there and done the Apostle Island tours and that sort of thing. Yeah, Ashland's a great place. I'm surprised you left. Uh, I'm a little surprised as well, uh, but the area here is absolutely gorgeous as well. Lots of trees, which I like, and all of the people here have been very inviting. So it doesn't feel um, like not being at home. Sure. Okay. Were you born in Wisconsin? I was. I was born in Ashland, raised there. I left when I was 18 to go to college, but otherwise spent the entirety of my childhood in Wisconsin. Did you get into any sailing or anything like that on Lake Superior? I didn't do any sailing. My grandpa owned a charter fishing company out of Bayfield, and so I spent a lot of time on the lake. And my dad has a motorboat that we would uh, boat with. Um, I also enjoy kayaking and canoeing as well as stand-up paddleboarding. Wow. to get on the water. Okay, so you love the water. I do. Yeah, Lake Superior, that's a lake that it's to be respected. It is. It's very cold. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was training for the Chicago Marathon, and I would do a 10-mile trail loop around Ashland. And instead of doing a dedicated ice bath, I would just walk into Lake Superior to help with inflammation after my run. Wow. Did you do the marathon? I did. I've done it twice. It was quite the experience. Wow. I didn't know you were a marathoner. Former marathoner. Former marathoner. (laughs) (laughs) You don't do it anymore? I do some recreational running, uh, but at this point, especially in the winter, more to be uh, back inside from the cold. Okay. It's interesting because a lot of people who have grown up in Wisconsin hate the cold. I love the cold with reason. I like things down to maybe 15 degrees, and then anything under that gets a little cold with the wind. My brothers both live in the South and they always ask, you know, gosh, how do you handle the cold? What's it like? And I've told them several times, after minus 10, I can't tell the difference anymore. It's just all really cold. It's all really cold. (laughs) Dressing in layers. That's my big tip for staying warm during the winter. Exactly. Exactly. So what was your childhood like? Sounds like you spent some time on Lake Superior. Yeah, and my parents um, are a little interesting in that they've had some what I I don't consider odd, but other people consider odd hobbies. My parents in the 90s got involved with the llama boom, uh, but where lots of people were buying up llamas for hobby farms. So for a good part of my childhood up until middle of high school, we had many llamas, maybe 20, 25 llamas, some goats chickens. So grew up on a little bit of a hobby farm. My dad's a doctor. My mom uh, is an OB nurse who retired from being an OB nurse to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was homeschooled for the majority of my schooling. Interesting. So you did not attend Ashland 
public schools. I no, I've never been to a public school aside from doing driver's ed. There were a couple of years where I did private school, but never public school. Wow. See, I didn't know this about you. Full of surprises. Well, you're full of surprises. <laughs> That's interesting. Would you homeschool your own children? It's a lot of work. It's quite the commitment. I love the flexibility that homeschooling gives you to be able to do time off. We traveled quite a bit. And so taking three weeks off during the fall wasn't a problem. We just prepared for it. So that flexibility was good. We also were able to do some more special interest things with doing more literature or history, depending on what each of our interests were. When you say each of your interests, you have siblings. I do have siblings. I'm the oldest of four. I have two brothers uh, that are next in line to me and then a sister who is about 11 years younger than me. So what do your siblings do? My brother Christian it lives in Ohio and he is an engineer and does things with Teflon seals. Uh, my brother Daniel lives up by Tomahawk and he is a millwright for a company that makes smart siding. He has explained his job to me and it's not my area of expertise, so I cannot elaborate further. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, and my sister Cameron lives out in Colorado, and she runs a nonprofit dance company that mixes dance with uh, more of the religious stuff to reach out to the community. Interesting. Kind of a diverse group there. Yes. And I'm the only one who went into medicine, which it was a little bit surprising when looking at statistics of medical families. Really? You think so? I think so. It Maybe I you know, took one for the team, so to speak, as being the first to go into medicine and no one else was that interested in it. It's kind of an interesting sort of uh, diverse interest in our family that I think, honestly, homeschooling helped to culture that in us to be able to pursue our own interests. I, I definitely agree and when done correctly, homeschooling can be awesome. Mm -hmm. And but I want to emphasize when done correctly. When done correctly, it, it's got it takes a lot of work. What was sixteen-year-old Caitlin interested in? Was she was she planning to be a doctor? I was at sixteen. I still wanted to be a doctor. Pretty much my whole life, I wanted to be a doctor. I had considered other things. Um, a Maybe fun fact about me is that I applied to the CIA before applying to med school because I really wanted to be a spy. So that was also on the list of things I wanted you to wanted do. to be a spy. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I thought I'd be really good at it. And I don't know if I would have been. They never called me back, so we'll never know. But I had very uh, varied interests. At one time, I thought about being an artist, a uh, writer, was not good at being a writer. But I love books, so I thought that would be a natural segue into a career. But ultimately, I love science. I love investigation. And that it really, medicine has allowed me to combine those two things. Interesting. Maybe you did go to the CIA. Maybe you are an agent. You're, this is just my cover this story. This is your cover story. <laughs> You're a plant here. Um, kind of a little side note. My uncle was in the CIA. Oh, wow. Had a cover story the whole bit and got out, I don't know, late 60s, early 70s, I'd have to ask, family because of their travel requirements. It was just became too much for a his family. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah. Now, where did you go to college? 
I went to the University of Minnesota, Duluth, and studied history, Spanish, and for a couple years did chemistry. I'm, I think, eight credits short of a degree in chemistry, but I loved the history uh, classes that I was taking, and I th- honestly think that doing having a degree in history has made me a very good researcher and being able to find obscure information and has really helped with being able to dial in on different things uh, in medicine. What what period of history are you particularly interested in? I don't know that there's a period of history I'm not interested in, to be honest. I did mostly uh, early modern Europe, where most of my classes, so kind of after the plague and uh, the more modernization of Europe. So like 1690s on? About that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you like television shows about uh, like period dramas, that kind of thing? I pr- probably would if I watched a lot of TV. I didn't grow up with a TV and have never really owned one, except now so I can watch the Packer games in high definition. But I never really owned a TV as an adult, so I'm much more into reading. But I do enjoy reading things based in history, historical fiction, nonfiction about different periods in history. Do you have a particular historical fiction book that you really like? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, There is one I actually just read called The Alice Network, which is about Unsurprisingly, about spies um, during <laughs> both World War One and World War Two, about female spies in that time that were helping to send information back to the Allies that I thought was really fascinating. Another one I really like from that same time period is called Beneath the Scarlet Sky, which unsurprisingly is about somebody passing some information. Uh, I think you're maybe picking up on a theme. Yes. <laughs> But I do love that time period as well and do read several books uh, a year usually in that time period. So I'm actually into historical fiction as well. Are you? (laughs) And my favorite time period is the Napoleonic Wars. Oh, that is a fascinating time period as well. It really is. Uh, It's just amazing the amount of technology that came out of the Napoleonic Wars. I am a humongous fan of Patrick O'Brien the Master and Commander series, the mm-hmm. 21, 21 novels. And if anybody ever wanted to really explore what it was like to be a sailor in the British Navy and the Napoleonic Wars, I think they should read those 21 books. Any, have you had any other jobs besides doctor? I have. I went to med school a little bit later in life. And so I actually managed a group home uh, in Duluth for two or three years, which was, I really liked the work, but it was not my calling. I worked as a phlebotomist to help pay for things during college. And then between my first and second year of medical school, I actually worked as a chemistry and biology teacher at a bilingual school in the Dominican Republic. Wow. So you've been using your Spanish. I have, yes. Have you gotten to use it here? I have. I've had a couple of Spanish-speaking patients here, which has been so nice. They're, they're out there for sure. Um, so calling all Spanish-speaking patients, <laughs> Dr. Cunningham would love to see you. Now, where'd you go to medical school? I started medical school at a Dominican medical school that was in Spanish called Universidad Central del Este, or UCE 
for short, and it's a little bit easier for people to pronounce. And then at that time in my life, I didn't know if I wanted to come back to the United States. And so I had kind of committed to that school and then decided, you know, it's probably a good idea to leave my options open. So I transferred to Caribbean Medical University on the island of Curacao, which is in the Dutch Antilles, sort of near Aruba. Did you like it? I did. There's nothing more distracting than studying with a palm tree outside and knowing that the beach is right outside. Curacao is an interesting country in that they're quadlingual. So they speak English, Dutch, Spanish, and Papiamentu, which there's only about 250,000 people that speak that language. Papiamentu. Papiamentu, which is kind of a mix of all of those languages, plus probably some other ones. The only word that I know in it is coleslaw, which is the word they use for lettuce. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did not learn much of Papiamentu while I was there. Do you speak any languages other than English and Spanish? No, I have dabbled in trying to learn some French at times or some Arabic just for fun, but have never mastered any other language aside from Spanish and English. So my wife is on like, I don't know, day number 1200 or something in a row on Duolingo French. Good for her. Yes. And so she's got this streak going. And so I do Duolingo French as well. Um, but I'll go three or four days. I can't. I literally can't. I mean, I get up and come in. Yeah. And just don't. And then in the evenings, I'm tired and I don't get it done. So I have un peu français. Ooh. So, um, I don't even know how to say very good in French. Muy bien, which is Spanish. <laughs> so it, w- it would just be um, très bien. Oh, tre- très bien. Yes. You finished med school. Where'd you do your resident? I did my residency at Mercy Medical Center in Des Moines, Iowa. It was a little shock to move from all of these really interesting places to Iowa, but Des Moines itself is actually very pretty. I enjoyed, it's a cool town. I enjoyed my time there. It was a really beautiful place to live. Glad to be back in Wisconsin, but for that time, Des Moines was really wonderful. Des Moines offers a lot more than I think people realize. Yeah, it had a really good refugee program back in, you know, 80s, 90s, and even now. So it's actually very diverse in Des Moines. And so you can find all sorts of different foods and different cultures there, which I think makes for a richer experience rather than doing, you know, constant restaurants of like Americana food. You can find really amazing restaurants in Des Moines. That's awesome. Right out of residency, you came to the Crone Clinic. I did. And so if you add it up, how many years of education do you have after high school? That is, I haven't done the math in a while. So I did five years of undergrad plus four years of medical school. During medical school, I also got my master's in public health, but I did it at the same time. So I won't count those as extra. So that's what, nine nine. nine years plus three years of residency, which puts me, I believe, at 12. 12 years. Wow. Why family medicine? I, my dad is a family doctor. So I think that that specialty was modeled for me, especially being a family doctor in a rural area. I saw my dad being able to do OB, to being able to do C-sections, having these wonderful relationships with his patients, often befriending his patients. And 
I thought to myself, that is what I want. I want to be able to do a little bit of everything in a place where I know my patients and I have those lasting relationships with them. And that was really what was appealing about Family Med. I also thought I would probably get really bored just doing one thing. If I were to just do cardiology and just look at the heart or just do urology or something like that, I thought I would maybe get bored. Doing Family Med, you get to do a little bit of everything. And you can reinvent yourself over time absolutely. as a family practice physician. What's the best part in your mind about being a family practice physician? I think that when I think about the most fulfilling part of being a family doc is being able to take care of people over their lifetime. So I do OB, so you deliver babies and then you do their well childs and then they grow up into adults and eventually get kind of age with you. And so you're having this continuity of care over a lifetime where instead of having a 15 minute appointment twice a year with a patient, you really get to know them and be able to provide that best care for them. It is pretty fascinating to to do that and to see people sort of grow and mature and age and, as you said, to age with them. And that really resonates with me. You delivered a baby this morning. I did. Yes. Um, and who knows? You may, you know, run into that person periodically throughout your career here in Black River Falls and at Crone Clinic. And may even, you know, work with that person in the future. Yeah. Who knows? So it's very exciting. Did you have any runner-up choices? Not serious runners-up. I think that if I hadn't done family med, I probably would have done OB-GYN. Um, I also like doing things with my hands, procedures. So I probably would have been happy in general surgery, but I did not want to do a five-year residency. Right. What is your medical superpower? I think that my medical superpower, aside from my ability to really dig into topics, is I would say empathy. Uh, and my patients may disagree with me, but I think that my ability to resonate with people on a level deeper than just the superficial, to me, it feels like a much more enriching experience for everybody involved. And again, I'm not my own patient, so... There may be people who disagree with me, but when I think about things that I feel like make me successful as a family doctor, that's really one of those things. It's super important uh, to feel what they're feeling at, on some level. So if we find you a weekend totally off work, no phone, no pager, no responsibility, what are you doing? Probably outside somewhere, camping, backpacking, kayaking. Obviously, this time of year when we're in sub-zero weather, it's a little bit more difficult, but I still try to get outside. I also like to visit family. Like I said, my brother lives and his wife live up in Tomahawk. They've got a baby who's nine months old. I'm trying really hard for aunt of the year and you know favorite aunt of all time. So I like spending time with them. And then sometimes my parents will come down and visit. What do your parents think of Black River Falls? They like it. They are my mom is friends with like the Chamber of Commerce and Crone Clinic and the hospital, all on Facebook, so she can keep up on all of the happenings in the area. <laughs> They're still in Ashland, right? They are still in Ashland. And, and is that permanent? They're going to stay there. Or? I don't know if they know uh, what they want to do. They've talked about uh, selling their house and maybe moving closer to me and my brother Daniel, who 
both live in Wisconsin or spending time with each of their kids for parts of the year. I think that in the next couple of years, they're going to make that decision about kind of where they're going to end up permanently. How long has your dad been retired? I think that he retired my fourth year of medical school. So at least four if not five years. So it's still early retirement. It is still early retirement. He says now that he doesn't know how he ever had time to work because he's so busy with all of his hobbies. He does sure. beekeeping and all sorts of things like that with the little hobby farm they have. That's cool. That's exciting. Now you have a dog. I do have a dog. And you're a dog person, not a cat person. I am a very much more a dog person. I don't dislike cats, but my preference is towards dogs. Tell me about your dog. She is the light of my life. (laughs) Uh, She's 10 now. She is a Border Collie German Shepherd mix. I got her when I was living in the Dominican Republic. I had gone to visit some friends who lived about 45 minutes from me, and their son would pick up little street dogs, and they would try to rehome them. So when I went to visit them, I was not looking for a dog. I didn't really want one at that point because I had just moved to the Dominican Republic and didn't think I had time to have a dog. But she was this cute, she was about eight weeks old, this cute little fluff ball, and I could not say no. So she has been this sort of constant for me through all of these changes I've had in life and still very active. We just did on Monday uh, the entire foundation trail. Um, And from my house, it's about five miles when you include the time it takes to walk there. So she's still very active and likes to play outside. And she keeps me active. I can honestly say that I probably would not have walked five miles on Monday if she weren't bugging me to get outside. Fun. Fun. What's your dog's name? Libby. Libby. Anything else you want our listeners to know about you? I'm just super excited to be here. I've been in Black River Falls for, I think, four months now, pretty darn close. And my experience here has been so amazing. The people of Black River Falls are great. I love the area. I'm really excited to get more involved in the community and to really make a life for myself here. Awesome. Well, we're excited for that as well. Thank you for your time, and I'm looking forward to part two of this podcast where we talk about smoking cessation. Me too. All right. 